you know, to me, that brings it home. And here's the thing, right? Here's what I love. In Romans chapter 16, Paul mentions 27 people by name, 27 people. And here's what he says about those 27 people. He says words like this, describing words, sister, brother, servant, saint, patron, fellow worker, church, first fruits, kinsmen, fellow prisoners, beloved, approved in Christ, elect, mother to me. Want to know something about the guy that wrote this letter to a church in Rome? He had not been there before when he wrote this letter. I did not know that. I've been studying this book of Romans through college. I've been studying this book of Romans for the last, what have we been in Romans now? Almost two years probably. I've been studying it for a long time. Not till the end did I realize that this dude ain't been there yet. He's writing all of this to people who he has been praying for. Letters that have gone back and forth. People that he has sent to Rome. The dude loves the people so much in Rome, he writes a letter as if he knows them. He knew Phoebe because he was sending them, her to them, right? But the people in Rome, he didn't know. He'd only just heard of accounts. He knew Priscilla and Aquila. He had sent them ahead. But there's 27 people in here. A good 23 of them, he didn't know. He had only heard about through Priscilla and Aquila. Only had heard about through Phoebe. Only had heard about through letters corresponded. There was other letters. This is just the one that the Holy Spirit and the, the guys that gathered at the, you know, the, 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 the canon of Nicaea and all of them decided to put in the scriptures, which is beautiful. But it really encouraged me. It really challenged me to love you guys. And I know that I do not do that great of a job. But Paul and I are similar in some regards. I believe he's got a love for the people that I'm working on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get there. But when I listen to his language of what was going on in the, the church of Rome and what he was excited about the church of Rome, him and I have the same vision, the same excitement. I'm really excited for this church because Why? I believe this right here is a springboard to something much bigger than a group of 50, 60, 70 that meet in the community building. I believe that this is a group that springboards and presents the gospel on a mountaintop right over there to over 5,000 people last year. I believe that this group and that is a springboard to Waterville Valley, a springboard to Sunday River, a springboard to Sugarloaf, a springboard to Stratton, Okemo, you know, and on and on to the mountains in New England. And what's beautiful about this, right? Is that's revival, essentially. Revival is when the church gets over their selfish needs and their selfish ambition and says, oh, we ought to live for something more than ourselves. That's how revival has always started, is when the church confesses of its selfish, inward-focused self and goes, oh, we ought to think outwardly. And that's what Paul is all about. Paul had a vision for Spain. He was looking past Rome and into Spain, and he saw Rome as a body of believers that were strong and that were consistent and that could be a great launching pad for him from Rome into Spain. Now, it never happened, but that's what he was praying about, and you can read it in his scripture. But I wanted to put that down because, guys, it is so cool what God is doing in and through you. So amazing. 
So amazing. And this letter, this letter of the Romans is a letter that you can say, Lord, Lord, I want this letter. I want this letter to inspire me. I want this letter. And what's beautiful about it is Paul from the beginning, remember? Paul from the beginning laid down theology that he said, this right here is what you need to align with. Because remember what, what was going on in Rome? They were fighting over the color of the carpet. They were fighting over whether they should have wine for communion or not. They were fighting over whether or not a saxophone should be played up front or not. They were fighting over whether one of these things should be actually touched in church. You know, They were fighting over they should do it on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning or is it allowed to meet on Tuesday night? They were fighting over, okay... At what age can women teach up to? Can they teach anyone younger than 13 or can they go over 13? They were, they, they, can our pastor drink alcohol or not? You know, are we allowed to dance? What should we wear to church? These were all the arguments that was happening in Rome. And Paul, sometimes kindly, sometimes not, was like, knock it off. Knock it off. Here's what we need to align ourselves with. And then from there on, let's go love one another. Okay, let's love each other. Let's love others. Jesus is the son of God. Sin separates us from him. Confession of the mouth and believing in the heart that Christ was God's son and risen from the dead is salvation. Salvation happens through faith and not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit enters us. And Romans 8 is all about the spirit. You won't read anything in Rome that says in Romans that says, should we have pews or chairs? Should we meet on Sunday or Saturday? Should we have wine or no wine? Should we use sound system or not? Should we have Sunday school or not? Should kids be in church or in Sunday school? You won't find that in Rome, men's anywhere. One of the things that God is doing in my life, and he's doing it through you, and I want to say thank you, is you hijacked my plan. The Holy Spirit has used you to completely hijack my plan. When I heard about Skip Schwartz, when I heard about Loon Mountain Ministry, back then Loon Area Christian Ministry, my plan was, that sounds awesome. I'll present the gospel on top of a mountain to a bunch of random folks that change every week in the winter in the summer, and Heidi and I will find some bed and breakfast or an old farmhouse or something to host groups that want to come and hike and ski. This is going to be great. I love hosting groups, and I love presenting the gospel on top of a mountain to a bunch of strangers. That's me in a nutshell, okay? Then I showed up, and all you locals started calling me pastor. And I was like, what, my dad's here? When did dad get here? He's the pastor, I'm like the renegade missionary. And it's amazing because you guys have answered the prayer that I didn't know I was praying. And that was to give my family and myself a consistent community who supported and loved and kept me accountable and encouraged me. All things that I need, but some I don't want. Um, you know, and, and um, you also have helped me with patience and compassion and these things that the Bible calls as shepherding skills, right? Pastoral skills. All the things I've seen done before by my dad. You, you guys just wish my dad was here. My dad actually is a very good pastor. 
Throw my dad up in front of 5,000 people at the mountain. Now he's a little out of his element. But right here, dad is just incredible, you know? And um, he's a great pastor. So I'd seen it done before. So I had no excuses. It was absolutely beautiful. And here's the thing. Here's what I want to read you guys some quotes, right? What I had done is I had a dream. I had a dream about something. And then you guys messed it up. Okay? Here's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer. You need to read Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's really difficult. I can only read him one quote at a time. I'm not even kidding you. I read one quote of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Then I put the book down for about a month. I read some Sesame Street books. Some matching colors. This one is not big as this one. I'm like, I can maybe go back to Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Here's what he says. To me. He says this. The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. But the person who loves those around them will create community. And I haven't always done that well. And I've gotten grumpy at you because you've been kind of tampering with my dream of community. (laughs) But by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm learning to love you. And in that process, and you love me because God first loved us. Community is being formed. And, and this is also what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says. Remember we, we, a couple of weeks ago, we had that big word called sanctification. Remember that? And I told you sanctification is the cutting away of things that aren't needed and are, are kind of gross, actually. Remember I told you about when I would walk through the field with my grandfather and the apple trees, and he would get a drop off the ground, which you're not supposed to eat, but he would take it, and he would see that brown spot with a hole in the middle of the brown spot, and he would take his pocket knife, and he would go like this around the hole and pop it out. And when you ate it, you just hoped the worm was actually in the part that he popped out and not through the other side, like, oh... I didn't know how apples had protein, you know, right? But that's the process of sanctification. Your heavenly father, we're all drops. Let's be honest. None of you are hanging on a tree. None of you are beautiful, ripe apple. Every one of you is like me. You dropped off the tree, bounced around, got bruises and worms in you. If you don't think so, what I always say, ask your spouse. They're going to say, yep, you're a drop. Um, But the heavenly father comes along and picks you up. And by the power of the Holy Spirit through community, power of the Holy Spirit through community, he takes out his knife and goes like this to that hole in your life with all that brown around it. I'm sure that's not fun for the apple. See, the thing about the worm is the worm eats very slowly. So you are not aware that that worm is eating at you. Holy Spirit does not do that. He takes a very sharp piece of metal called your neighbor or your spouse or somebody in church and puts this insert and then circles around and pops that out. Sanctification is the power of the Holy Spirit through community. And if you avoid tough people and if you avoid tough community, you are avoiding the process of sanctification I'm avoiding the process of sanctification if I avoid people or tough circumstances. You are. I have a friend in my life that uh, when I first met, I was able to share the gospel with. But that was seven years ago. Now, I'm a Christian. Marcus is a Christian. He's a pastor. No different than I'm a Red Sox fan, 
right? That's just kind of what I do. So now we've been living in this life for the last bunch of years. It's like, when do I bring the gospel back up? Like, when does this thing happen? Like, is something going to happen? We've been really close for a long time. We had a pretty big argument on Thursday. That's a chance for the gospel to come up. And it isn't with words. Oh, is it hard? And, and, and the Holy Spirit was great because I started going down my normal path of like justifying myself and, and, and proving my point and arguing my position. And it, I, I have to say, like, it's my love for this friend that really sparked me to say, okay, I'm just going to take a minute here. And what, Heidi and I have decided to go on this food eating thing for 21 days where we're only eating fruit, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. It makes me super grumpy. I, I am so saddened by how much food influenced my mood. It's huge. It's huge. It's so huge. Uh, my oldest daughter was like, I, I just don't like it when dad's on this food thing because he's so grumpy. So while I calmed down, I ate my unsalted pistachios. Did that one fall on the floor? I don't know. It tastes the same. You know? As I calmed down eating these things, then I went back, you know, and, and had a really spirit-led conversation with that friend. And it was really cool. It was really cool. Because the flesh in me would have probably gotten really angry, gotten a big, pretty big go-at-it fight, and then I would have ignored him or created separation for quite a while is what I would have done, right? And then over time, we'd have a couple interactions. They would be awkward for a little bit, and then time would do its thing. And then next thing I know, it's a month later, and it's water under the bridge. But the gospel was able to come through the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's community. It's community. So we're going to offend you at this church. It's not cool. I'm sorry. Don't run. Don't go anywhere. Stay. Come, like, come closer if you can. And try not to justify your position. Try not to argue your point. Say, Lord, what are you doing? This is the process of, the, of, the, of sanctification. I'm going to trust you. Right? And, um, and you know what? This letter was written for you. You know, it was written to the church in Rome, and it was written for you. School chatting with my buddy Drew. He was talking about that, the difference between two and four. Holy Spirit was thinking of you when he penned this. He knew, he knew in 2019 that a bunch of locals in New Hampshire would be hanging out in a community building sitting in folding chairs. He knew that with uh, Christmas lights hanging over top. Hey, it was the high school semi-formal in here, right? There was a lot of awkwardness here last night. Can you feel it? No, nah, I'm sure it was a lot of fun, actually. You want to just jump up and do the YMCA right now? Totally. You be the Indian. You be the police officer. Yeah? Yeah? All right. Anybody? Anybody? I like it. Um, okay, I got wicked bad ADD. Um, you guys are awesome. You are the church. You are the church. You are the bride. You are the bride of Jesus. He loves you. And it's his love that makes you pure. It's his love that makes you white as snow. And the Holy Spirit's filling you. And he's filling you not for you. He's filling you for the advancements of the kingdom. 
So, Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much that you could use waterfalls. You can use, you know, volcanoes. You can use sunsets and, and rainbows and snowstorms and beaches, all these absolute epic things, beautiful things. But, Lord, you've, you've chosen to use us, just us, to communicate the gospel, to love our neighbor. But, Lord, it's not easy. We need you. We need you. We need you. Thank you for these letters that, that Paul wrote. Thank you that they are applicable to us. Um, thank you for the, for the fun that we can have with them. And we thank you, God, that you're not a God that we just have to put in a box. And it has to be these certain ways. But that, um, but that you have a sense of humor. That you love to have fun and laugh. And you're just, it's really fun, Lord, being your child. It's in your name we pray. Amen.